and welcome to Bloodsuckers, a podcast about the Twilight series by Stephanie Meyer. I'm Maddie. I'm Rachel. And I'm Gail. Thanks for listening to our 27th episode. When we aren't being slackers, we bring you news, theories, discussion, and thoughts about the Twilight series and the Twilight movies. Unfortunately, Christina, A. Ray, and Janae all tied for last in our race to Bosnia and back, so they will not be joining us this week. Darn. Uh, but, so you guys are probably wondering who Rachel is, though. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have listened to Bloodsuckers before, you might remember that Rachel is Maddie, me, and Christina's little sister. Hello. You've heard her in the background sometimes, yeah. screaming, <laughs> running circuses. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. But, Rachel, introduce yeah. yourself. What are your, you know, age, date of birth, social security number, <laughs> aspirations, <laughs> <laughs> romantic aspirations. I'm Rachel, I'm a Scorpio, I'm October 24th, and I love leprechauns. But what age are you? Yeah. 47 and a half. Rachel, I'm what age are you? I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Okay, and Rachel, have you read this Twilight book? Yeah. I read the whole series and I'm rereading Twilight. Have you seen the Twilight movie? Yes. <laughs> Alright. So, thanks for joining us, Rachel. Now we're going to start with some listener emails. Catherine sent us an essay about feminism in Twilight. And we took out a paragraph to read on the show. Dale, would you like to read it for us? My final and most important point is that Twilight portrays an abusive relationship in a positive light. Edward Cullen, while portrayed as a wonderful loving boyfriend, would be considered creepy, manipulative, and chauvinistic by real-life standards. Many girls talk about wanting an Edward, but do they really? In the first book, Edward sneaks into Bella's home at night to watch her sleep without her permission. When it is romanticized and considered protective in the book, in real life, it's called breaking and entering at a minimum and stalking in a worst-case scenario. In Eclipse, when faced with the idea of losing Bella, he goes to the largest ultimatum, threatens suicide. Despite what Romeo and Juliet say, suicide is not romantic. It is a sign of mental disease and needs to be treated by a professional. Determined to control every aspect of Bella's life, Edward decides where she goes and who she is with. When she wants to go visit her best friend, a werewolf, Edward goes so far as to remove the engine from her truck and make sure that he is the, old, that he is the one who puts it back. This reveals Edward's violent obsession with Bella to the point where he even controls her friends. It's a textbook case of an abusive boyfriend, but Bella is not without her faults either. While Edward psychologically manipulates Bella, Bella emotionally takes advantage of him. On the rare occasion that Bella wants something and Edward won't give it to her, she immediately begins to cry and whimper. She uses Edward's extreme feeling of protectiveness over her to, in, to her own advantage, making him feel extremely guilty every time she is not granted every little bit she wants. Um, I think this is kind of a common argument about among people who don't like Twilight, that they think that the um, relationship is just creepy and that the characters are annoying and stupid. I think when you think about just watching the movie, because that's what I've probably done most recently, um, the scene where they they get to the restaurant with Italia, I think that's what it is, and she goes like, so will you follow me? And insistently along the lines of, I feel very protective of you. Imagine in real life that you're somewhere, and yes, thankfully the guy, this guy comes and saves you. But the like reality of the event is that he followed you there, then saved you, and then he's he, then he's informing you basically that he follows you everywhere. That he does come into your window at night and watches you sleep, and that like you would even just the fact that like as soon as they start going out or whatever, first thing he does is like say that he loves her. And I think anyone's admit that if it, this were a real relationship, we'd all probably run scared. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree that if it were a real relation, like if you took Twilight relationship and put it in the real world, yeah, it would probably be creepy. But this is, you gotta keep in mind it's a fantasy book. And by reading this book, you kind of are accepting, okay, um, their relationship is true love. And it's kind of, it's within the fantasy of the series that they're meant for each other and they're soulmates and they know that immediately as they start um, dating. Obviously that doesn't, it doesn't necessarily happen in real life that you know exactly who you're going to be with forever as soon as um, you're with them and, um, you know, it's questionable whether anyone has a soulmate, but um, that's kind of, when you go into a fantasy 
a fantasy series or a fantasy book like Twilight. It's kind of an accepted fact in the book. So if you, it's kind of a willing suspension of disbelief. Like, okay, you're in a fantasy book where there's a guy that's been alive for hundreds and hundreds of years and he's coming in your window at night. <laughs> by now, I think he would, by a hundred years, I think he would know what his type is. <laughs> True. Would you be creeped out, Rachel? A little bit, um, but also if he's gonna live forever, like he's not gonna forget about Bella, like you know, like he's gonna remember her, and he's always gonna be upset, like they say in the Twilight series, like they can't, they can't stand to lose Bella because they don't want to see Edward like sobbing for the next million gazillion years. Well, the thing with I'm just like reading the paragraph, and when you list it, like yeah, it sounds bad, but if you really take it in the context of the book, like it makes sense within the book. Obviously, I wouldn't use the book Twilight as a manual for the perfect relationship, but, um, like, Edward sneaking into Bella's house to watch her sleep or whatever, that's kind of different for someone who's a vampire and has met this girl who he wants to kill and whose mind he can't read when he's a mind-reading vampire. That's, like, would it be weird if a random guy came and was stalking me? Yeah, but in the book, it makes sense. Like It wasn't a love thing at first for him. Yeah, it was yeah. just, it wasn't like, I want to watch this girl sleep because I think she's hot and want to rape her or whatever. It was a, like, I don't understand this person for the first time in my very, very long life. And, like, I don't understand what's going on. And I think that when you're looking at this, you also have to look at Bella's reaction to everything about how, um, Quickly, it was just, I'm a vampire kind of thing. She was like, yeah, okay, this makes sense. This is real life. I'm sure this is really happening. Like, she never really doubts what's going on. And so I think there's so many, like, things like that, which just to put the whole process of their relationship starting and her believing him and all that kind of things in the book would have made this seven, eight times as long of a series. And I think that we all do just have to believe Stephanie and be like, well, she put these creepy Edwards things in there because it's the way of showing how he feels about her. And she's going to accept it because that's how the book's going to move along. And also in the paragraph, it says like a lot of girls want and want an Edward, but most of them are squeaky little 12 year olds like myself who just want a boyfriend and Edward's hot. So they just want a hot guy to follow him around when 12 year olds actually don't know what they want. I don't know what I would actually do if I had a guy like Edward. I would, I would not be okay with being someone that was cold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already cold myself. Um, in New Moon, when he says he's going to kill himself, it's not the nor like, obviously killing yourself is not good, and I wouldn't recommend it, but killing yourself when you're an immortal vampire is kind of a different choice than killing yourself, like, in normal life. Yeah, also he's been upset for so long over these years, like... He's real, like, in Twilight, it explains how, like, he realizes he's a monster and all this, and, like, just losing the one he loves will just set off a trigger in his mind that, like, he wants, he doesn't want to live anymore. So, I think suiciding an immortal vampire, like, an immortal monster's context is a little bit different than in real life. Yeah. And also, I think even in real life, like, obviously... I'm not friends with a werewolf, but I think if I were going to go hang out with someone that my boyfriend truly believed was, like, very dangerous, because Edward legitimately thinks that Bella will Die. get either seriously injured or killed if she is hanging out with werewolves. And I don't think it's unreasonable to try and prevent someone from doing something so destructive. Like, obviously, later in the book, they real like... Bella makes Edward realize that, like, Jacob's not dangerous, but he legitimately thinks he's saving her life. So I don't think that's unreasonable. Like, if your girlfriend's best friend was, like, the leader of a gang or something, even if you were leader of a rival gang, this just seems really relevant to my life, but it's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you didn't want them to go hang out with them because, like, they shoot people. Yeah, so you would want to protect your girlfriend from that, obviously. That, yeah. just, that seemed like it was going to be a really relevant connection, but as I said it, I was like, wait. <laughs> yeah, it sounded a lot smarter in the beginning than it did when you got to the end. <laughs> no, we but also, like, werewolves can be dangerous, as seen on Emily's face, like how scratched up it was, you know? 
I think that was in like New Moon. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't even within the book. It wasn't unreasonable. But um, but I can't even think of an example where Bella. I can only remember like one part in the book where Bella like purposely made Edward feel bad, and she felt really bad about doing it. I can't remember what part it is, but I yeah. remember reading that. Which... I just think of all the times that she tried to get him to let her become a vampire. Oh, yeah. All of those were kind of like, Hey, hey guys, guess what? Christina's here now. Yay! Come on, cast. Yeah, come Hello! I just drove. Go get a chair. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so Erin wrote in to tell us something she noticed in the Twilight movie. I actually noticed this, too. If you're watching the biology scene, um, the way... Uh, Edward is sitting. There's a giant stuff. I guess it's a stuffed owl behind him with its wings outstretched. And when Edward looks up and kind of like sits up when Bella comes in, it looks like Edward has these giant angel wings. Whoa. Oh, that's so cool. Ooh, God symbolism. Oh, John Granger would be freaking out. I know. We <laughs> should I let him know. I think that's been noticed a bunch of times and pointed out several times as well. And every time. I know I watch it, someone's been like, oh look, angel wings. But I don't think it's really anything more than, if not by chance prop placement, just uh, getting to notice like that this is the guy in the center of attention. Right uh, well, I definitely That's don't also- think it was an accident. Like it's a- Yeah. There's no way some editor didn't notice that, even if it accidentally happened. Now we're going to go to Christina with the latest Twilight news. Thanks, Maddie. Taylor Lautner and Kristen Stewart gave interviews at Comic-Con about what it felt like to be done with New Moon. You can check them out, along with video interviews of the members of the rest of the cast, on on the Twilight Lexicon's website. Summit Entertainment recently announced that Bryce Dallas Howard will take over the role of Victoria in the studio's upcoming production of the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Actress Rachel Lef- Wait, Lefebvre. Okay. Actress Rachel Lefebvre, who portrayed the character in Twilight, as well as the upcoming release of the Twilight Saga New Moon, will not continue in the role due to scheduling conflicts with another commitment the actors made. The Twilight Saga Eclipse will start filming in Vancouver this coming August. The Twilight Saga Eclipse, the third film in the studio's Twilight film franchise based on Stephanie Meyer's blockbuster book series, will be directed by David Slade from his screenplay written by Melissa Rosenberg. The film will be released theatrically in North America on Wednesday, June 30th, 2010. That's all the news for now. Thanks to the Twilight Lexicon for these stories. Why was that all in there? Like, <laughs> she just copied it. No, 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 no. All right, so I can actually tell you guys. Like, I've been following. I was looking up for this friend's sake. I'm glad she looks like a much better Victoria. I'm glad because I didn't like the last Victoria. Because in the book it says that she has blazing red hair, but it's like a strawberry it, blonde, yeah. which really and it's really puffy. It looks like a cat. It just bothers me. I think that this person much better, but I don't know if anyone's been following it. I know I've been following it. About what happened was, Rachel Lefebvre signed up for another movie. Oh, she signed up for another movie. I don't know what the movie is. I don't know if it told us. I don't remember. Um, and basically, she had to be filming in Europe for 10 days while the eclipse filming and pictures and stuff were being taken place. And when Rachel Lefebvre was telling the story about it, she was just basically trying to tell people it was just a 10-day conflict, because that's long it was, 10 days. And how, like, Summit wasn't being flexible and wouldn't do this with her. And it was just 10 days. But what Summit, their official release is that Rachel Lefebvre didn't tell them until the last minute she had this other movie. And that this was a 10 very crucial days of filming in places, like, that they were only having access to for certain days. Like, it wasn't, like, studio lot filming. It was, like, special, whether they're renting out, you know, Forest High School for a scene or something along the lines of that. That kind of filming. So they had to part ways. And so that's what happened, and neither party is very happy about it. Yeah, I think that's, I don't know, that's just kind of dumb that you would sign up for a movie and... Not finish. Like, like it's not sandwich. like she didn't know the Eclipse movie was going to be made, and there's no way whatever movie she did, it, or like whatever other movie she's doing, is going to make be like as popular or get as much publicity as a clip so I don't see why you would try and put another movie first but also I think Rachel Lefebvre 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 
Lefebvre. Lefebvre. He's missing out because, see, like, Victoria plays a very, like, big role in Eclipse, so that's just her loss, so. People will just have to accept it and move on. I mean, there's certainly going to be people who are definitely on Rachel Lefebvre's side who really enjoy her. I know I've been reading a lot of Twitter posts about the Twilight Lexicon about... I don't know if this is still true, but of what I last read, they were still on her side about it. But they've been posting non, like they, they're not taking sides in their posts, they're posting everything they find on the event and trying to give you the real story. And of what I read from them, I personally think that what Summit did was what I would have Well, you were on Rachel Fensbury's side of saying are that he isn't dedicated enough to, to her, the character, to keep her in. But the yeah. issue is that there's, Tons of no, it's a different. It's a different it's person. Different so I'm. Um, yeah, that's. I don't know. That's just a personal pet peeve. Where I don't really like when characters, when they have characters switch actors. Like I realize it's necessary sometimes, but I feel like it's not unexpected when they're going to be filming or anything. That I think Rachel they're should all signed up for another. I movie. know. I agree that I think you know you're all adults. You know this is going to happen. Why can you not schedule? yourself when you have people to keep schedules for you. Do we know what um, movie Rachel Rubbright is doing? It is. What? It's Barney's version. So that's, I, I remember reading that now thinking, Barney, like, what about your mother? She plays Clara. Dustin Hoffman's in it, so apparently it's not too low-key. Uh, this is the well, movie that... Alcoholic Barney decides to write about his wasted life. So, new Victoria. What do you guys think? I think she's much better. Her hair. Bryce. She's, I think I've, wasn't she in the movie that we Ashley Salas. So Ashley Salas, of what I've read, is Whoa. playing Leah Clearwater. You guys can Google a picture of her because she's on an IMDb. But she's beautiful. And oh. she looks the part. Like, she's Native American. And she's actually stunning. I found her on Twitter somehow. She sent um, Bloodsucker's Twitter and a direct message or whatever saying she's playing their water. And so I find it out. I follow her. Oh, that's... She just... I guess she was just looking for Twilight. She doesn't even have a Wikipedia yet. Yeah. yeah, she's nothing yet. But she's, go to, she's going to a lot of auditions and stuff from what I've read on. So it seems she's an inspiring actress. But I guess there aren't really that many um, Native American actors and actresses out. All right, well, that's what I've read as of on Twitter. There's no actual confirmation for it, but as far as we know, Ashley Salas is going to be with Clearwater. She looks really good. Obviously, we haven't seen her in anything yet, but I'm excited (laughs) based on looks alone. So we're going to move on to our next segment entitled Swoonworthy, Edward's nauseatingly adorable quote of the week. Rachel, tell us, what is our quote this week? This week's adorable Edward quote is from chapter one from Breaking Dawn, where Edward asks Charlie's permission for Bella's hand in marriage. Charlie, I realize that I've gone about this out of order. Traditionally, I should have asked you first. I mean, no disrespect, but since Bella has already said yes, and I don't want to diminish her choice in the matter, instead of asking you for her hand, I'm I'm asking for your blessing. We're getting married, Charlie. I love her more than anything in the world, more than my own life, and by some miracle, she loves me that way too. Will you give us your blessing? What we were talking about earlier when you say, you know, every girl say, they want an Edward. Duh. <laughs> like, do you not <laughs> hear that? That's adorable. This has to be like one of my favorite parts, if that is a word, which it is, I just decided. Quotes in the book series. Or in the book in general. That would be my favorite. Yeah. talk. Yeah. Learning <laughs> English quite well. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> Senorita. Those English as a second language classes are really paying off. <laughs> So now it's time for Avery's Cheesy Vampire Joke of the Week. This week it is Gail's Cheesy Joke of the Week thing. And so it's actually Nancy's Cheesy Joke. Yes! And Maddie is a liar! Who's Nancy? I couldn't, I cannot believe her. She's a listener. Alright. Yes. Oh. So, hey Maddie. Yeah? What do you give to vampires when they have a cold? I don't know. Coffin drops! <laughs> <laughs> 
Explains the jokes. Oh my god. Edit right. me out. I don't care. I actually like that one. If you'd like to send us a submission for AOA's Vampire Joke of the Week, please email us at bloodsuckerspodcast at gmail.com. If we use it in the next show, we will call it Your Name, Cheesy Vampire Joke of the Week. Alright, so before we go into our next section, I figured, you know, we're back from Forks now. This is our first real podcast since we got from Forks. Um, Obviously, if you guys have been following the feed or our blog, we've had videos posted from when we're in Forks, and also we have interviews with MTV's Larry Carroll, who is the um, Twilight correspondent deal. He does the Twilight Tuesdays. Um, Ileana Kadushin, who is the voice of the Twilight audiobooks. Um, The Bella Cullen Project, who was the first um, vamp rock band. Uh, Mitch Hansen, who we've interviewed before, also the, um, the Mitch Hansen band, they're a great Twilight band who are also in Forks. Um, the Hillywood Players, who are famous for their um, Twilight parodies, well, for their Twilight parody and all of their other movie parodies, their Twilight parody being to Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. <laughs> um, I was just watching And that Bella Cullen Project, we interviewed, oh, you said Bella Rocks. Oh, we also talked to Bella Rocks, who, um, Katie, who is a, uh, Vamp Rock band, one and woman show. John Granger, we talked to you for a few minutes. Uh, a few minutes, a couple hours. <laughs> uh, John Granger, who is an author of many, um, Harry, tons, Harry, tons yes, of Harry Potter books. Many Harry Potter books, as well as, well, not like Harry Potter books, like books about. Uh, the literature in Harry Potter and everything. And he's also um, writing a book called Spotlight, Spotlight, which is going to be about the Twilight books. Um, so definitely get either go on our blog, bloodsuckerspodcast.blogspot.com, or get on iTunes or however you get our podcasts. And those interviews are all up there. Everyone was really nice. And um, it's a lot of really great interviews. So... Rachel obviously was not in forks with us. No. So she so. is wearing my really cute sunglasses. And she yeah. looks hot. They're really expensive. So while you by. sit there and look hot, um, yeah, 12-year-old chick look who okay? looks All right, hot. guys, it's going to be the album art. Rachel and my sunglasses. All right, album art. Okay. <laughs> beautiful. All right. So um, obviously, the five Bloodsuckers girls were all in forks. Uh, it was... So, of the people here, it was Gail, Christina, and I. So, um... We saw Kaylee Nation. Yes. Okay, we'll tell the story from the beginning. So, we left Philly and headed out to... Phoenix. Phoenix, and then to Seattle, took a puddle jumper into Port Angeles. So, so we did Bella's flight. We were very tired. Oh. We stopped at Port Angeles for a while, walked around, and, um... It made it seem a lot more like a city than it actually, in the books yeah, than guys, it actually was. It's like... First of all, Washington is one road, pretty much. From You go from Seattle to Forks. Forks is just a town built around this one road. I forget what it's called, but it's there literally is one road. And so Port Angeles is on this road as well. Yeah, and Port Angeles, like, I don't know. In the book, they made it seem like it was a city, but it yeah. is smaller the than our town. The only store that you can buy clothes there is Walmart. And we talked to a bunch of locals, and they were talking to us. Like, yeah, we have no idea where Bella supposedly bought her prom dress, because, you know what, if you're from here... You're buying your products from Walmart. <laughs> like, that's where they, that's their clothing store. I was talking to people like, so where do you buy your clothes? Because I was, I don't know why I was so concerned, but I was. <laughs> I was very concerned. And everyone was like, well, if I'm feeling up to it, I make the trek out to Walmart. And I'm just like, oh. And otherwise they have like their, like, just general stores that sell like camouflage and stuff. Everyone wears camo. I saw a lot of camo. Yeah. I don't know what they, I guess if I were there, and I would order everything online because there's nothing to buy there. But um, anyway, so in Port Angeles, went to Bella Italia, and that is not equipped to handle as many people as we were going there that service night. Service was terrible. Like everyone there was really nice and it wasn't their fault that the service is terrible, but like you gotta understand there's like, by 150 people coming in for this conference, they're population of their town went up like 30 <laughs> percent 
There they was, was not used to that many people yeah, at all. <laughs> nowhere was used to having not that many people. Slightly. So there were like two waitresses in the whole restaurant. And there were so many Twilight fans. I in felt there. so bad for them. But hey, they made money. Yeah. Sure. But the food was really good. And we ate really there. Really drove home. We were so tired. Yeah, we drove so tired. through as hell. And um as you saw on our videos on the website, it was we really liked a room and we were seriously if you just like stuck your head at our door, we, we must were have been like the property for ten home. yards away from the high school. <laughs> it was not even just across the street. Lady. If you just jumped off our balcony, you were in the high school property. It was really cool. And so the first night we just kind of stayed up and we're silly. Then the next day what we did, we got up, wandered around, got breakfast. Um then we went, we found went to the high school to try to find Ann Laurel, head of life. We love, and um, we ended up finding her. And in the room is Caleb Nation, and I feel famous as the t Twilight guy. Uh, mm -hmm. Twilight guy, twilightguy.com. Um, Maddie and everyone, of course, is busy trying to find Ann Laurel, trying to be sane, get us checked in. And I'm sitting there hitting Maddie. She's got no <laughs> idea why. She just thinks I'm a freak. Like, oh my god, oh my god. And finally, as we leave the room after having a conversation with not only Ann Laurel, but Caleb, without anyone realizing he's Caleb. Well, no, because after Did we eventually realize? Yeah, because he introduced, and she was like, he, this is blah, 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 okay, blah. We eventually realized Nation. So we and leave, like, and I'm oh. like, Maddie, I can't even, and she goes, is that why you were hitting me? <laughs> I was just like, well, I was all worried about getting us in, because like, we didn't, we've been talking to this woman for like a year, and we don't even know what she looks like. <laughs> And we have no idea what we're doing when we get there. So we're just like looking around. They're like, find the strawberry blonde lady. And we're like, what? <laughs> so. On a hunt for strawberry shortcake. But, oh, oh, on the way over, we met two of the presenters. Um, Gina and Devin Martin. They made the um, the Bella Colin bracelets. And they did some presentations. Yeah, I own like, one. <laughs> On, Shut um, up, Rachel! Yeah. So, oh my goodness, the puddle jumper. We it was us, Alex, um, A Ray's dad, and my dad. Yeah, no, I met on the puddle jumper. Uh, it was us, A Ray's dad, and um, it was the a guy two. from Texas. There was some random guy from Texas, and the um, Gina and Devin Martin, and that the plane was full. It was so <laughs> tiny. So it was scary. Small. And then on the way back, actually, we knew, I think, everyone except one. There was, like, one person, then it was... And she was at the convention, but we just didn't know her. No, there was one person that wasn't at the convention. Then there was April, the photographer, and then there was Caleb, and then there was us. So, that was everyone. <laughs> but, um... What else happened? So, that's it. We didn't really do anything that day. We finally, that night, we did a podcast. Yeah, so we got to... Oh, my goodness. The podcast. Um... We so, have the first half of it, which we can attach to the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, we interviewed the police chief of Forks and... Um, principal. Yeah, the principal Caleb of Forks Nation. High School, Caleb Nation, and, and the girls Laura, Twilight Lexicon. Yeah, Lauren and Laura from Twilight Lexicon, who we didn't even know were going to be there, because we thought we were interviewing Mitch Hansen that night, and then he wasn't there, and then we got the Twilight girls instead, so we were like, or the Twilight Lexicon girls instead, and we were like, ah, what are we doing? And, and the were, mics! Oh my goodness. We had two oh. microphones and they were corded. So literally all night we just pat we were all sitting in a row and there were ten of us. We were passing them back and forth and no complaints. But I went next to Caleb. And so I would pass them down and I was interviewing Caleb and Asma's Janae. So I would pass and say a question, pass it to Janae, the mic, which would go forward across Caleb. And then when she finished, she passed it behind Caleb to me. And then Caleb would pass his to Janae, and there was basically this whole thing in in the end, it happened that me and Caleb were wound up together <laughs> by a cord. And we had to figure out how to separate ourselves because we were literally tied together by a cord. And of course, I was like, oh, this isn't a problem. We'll just stay like this. Forever. Hi, boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the, entire the entire podcast was basically an extremely hardcore and embarrassing game of limbo. Yep. Well, like, the interview part was really good. Like, it was yeah. really nice talking to everyone. Everyone had a lot of interesting stuff to say. But and so the interview itself was good. It was just, like, we were all stuck together. It was awesome. Cord. 
the funniest guy ever. Forks is the funniest Lola. person I've ever met in my life. He is so into the fact that Twilight has come into the town and is fully like accepted he has his a role shirt as Charlie. That says Charlie Swan. We have to introduce himself, and I'm pretty sure he said that his name. Yeah, was Charlie he said Swan. his name was Charlie Swan. Yeah, that's beautiful. He's so into it. I actually have a pen from the police department. <laughs> you would. Sarah gave it to me. All right. Uh-huh. Okay. We, did our, we did our thing, and then the next day, had it home. That was it for the night. Yeah. Yeah. Went home. Well, like we talked to um, the lexicon mm-hmm. and Caleb for a while. Then the next day we went on, had classes, met John Granger, did that interview, met the Twilight people, um, Hollywood players. Yeah. Who were, oh my goodness, you cannot even imagine these people. It was Well, the Twilight players are Hilly Hindi and Hannah Hindi, and then they had their boyfriends. It was Hilly's boyfriend, um, Jacob Jost, and Hannah's boyfriend, Drew Drew Lawrence. Lawrence. And, um, is that funny? (laughs) That, um... The guy who played Edward, Jacob, is named Jacob. And the guy who played Jasper is Lorenz. Which isn't really Lorenz, but it's not spelled that way, but it sounds like that when you say it. But, um, so Hilly and Jacob were Bella and Edward, and Hannah and Drew were, um, Alice and Jasper. And, oh my god, it was eerie. They would walk into the cafeteria and sit down, and, like, Jacob, Hannah, and, um, Drew wouldn't eat. Only only Hilly would eat, which I don't know when they ate, but like it was people were following them around the, the whole time, like taking pictures, and it looked exactly like them. And at one point, Gail and I walked into one class and it was a biology like lab room. And so they kind of like ran they weren't talking or anything, but um Hilly and Jacob basically like reenacted all the movements of which the, is um, Bella biology class. Yeah, Bella and Edward um, reenacted the whole all the movements of the biology class, and it was just like so weirdly accurate. <laughs> I had pictures. Too. It, it was, was just creepy, was cool. Awesome. But, um, yeah, they were great. They were the nicest people ever. Um, the people who were... played Rosalie and Emmett weren't there. No, no, oh. done. No, yeah. They weren't shipping the entire telescope. Okay, well, they can make an effort. <laughs> Rachel! <laughs> Rachel's face. <laughs> um, what else? Was that the night we went to First Beach? We went to First Beach at one point. Yeah, and that was really cool. Oh, well, first so we got kicked out of the bus. Because oh <laughs> they had too many gosh. people to fit in the bus. And so they're like, podcast girls, get out of the bus. Yeah, we got on the bus first and we didn't even get, <laughs> weren't even allowed on so we ended up driving so ourselves. Yeah, no, it was it was fine. Like it was just inconvenient for them. But it was just a but, bunch of days like that where we just went to classes. And, yeah, we went to a lot of cool classes. Then the last day we split up. I went to Seattle with my dad, which was actually really fun because every store you went in, it was funny. All of them had fork shirts and like Twilight shirts. Like it was very hard to find a Seattle shirt that didn't have to do with Twilight. They are also a very Twilight-friendly community. Um, oh, yeah, we should talk about um, the stores in Forks. Where... Yeah, we went to Seriously. Dazzle by Twilight, and they said they had seven or eight people maybe a week that go in there. And right. it was packed when we walked in. And um, Lapel's gift shop, they're also really big in all their Twilight stuff. But really, anywhere you went, the grocery store had, like, Edward sandwiches. The um, <laughs> the hardware the store. hardware store had Twilight T-shirts. Uh, it was insane. you could not go anywhere and escape Twilight. And um, oh yeah, so Gail went to Seattle, and then we you guys went, hung out with the Twilight yeah, girls. And- we went um, we went shopping for a while and got some stuff, and then. They had like a volunteers ice cream thing, and oh. so we went and we were with the um, the Lexicon girls right there. I don't know where they lived that day. Uh, um, it was Caleb, Caleb and the Hillywood players, and like some volunteers from Life, and that was a lot of fun because then we went out to dinner after we got ice cream, and uh, also prom uh, was. 
kind of awesome because we got to talk to Larry Carroll. Me and Maddie's entire prom was running around trying to find Larry Carroll. Yeah. Whereas Christina won a dance contest. Avery won prom queen. Yes. And so. Janae got a rock. <laughs> um, yeah, the Hillywood players had a dance contest. Um, the Bella Coleman Project, Bella Rocks, and the Chanson Band were all playing. And oh my gosh, I was so happy to finally like meet in person the Chanson because obviously I, I, as I've said before, I have a giant crush on him, and he was just like so nice. Like when we walked up, and I was like, "Hey, I'm Maddie. Like I inter- like we interviewed you." Um, like a year ago. They took videos of us for their website. Yeah. yeah. They took vi- a video of us introducing um, them for like their website. And um, yeah, he was introducing to us to people with him. He's like, oh, these are the Bloodsuckers girls. And they, they did um, our first, one of my first interviews ever. I was like, that's so cool. And he was and he like said to me. Matt, like, we'll do this forever. He, he, goes, <laughs> he goes to me. Um, your interview was really good. I've been on podcasts where they just don't even know what they're talking about and they have no questions ready and they have no idea what to do. And you guys were just really professional. It was one of the best interviews I've ever had. Which is funny because the old time inside. Maddie and I went, <laughs> So yeah, Bloodsuckers podcast, for the one. Win. The world, zero. Um, actually, oh, according to Larry Carroll, we you're an epic fan. win. <laughs> Alright, so that was our first trip. Should we yeah. move on? Ta-da. Um, okay, so, um, as we said, we got interviewed by Larry Carroll from MTV, and they did a little, like, two-minute video on the works trip, and there was a accompanying article uh, with quotes from us and stuff, so... We'll link to it on our website, yeah, so we're going to link that. It. And here is the audio from the video, and you can watch the video from the window. This week here at Forks High School, uh, we have been hosting the Twilight Summer School Symposium. We have all these bands out here for the Twilight Palm. It's just been an amazing event for a bunch of Twilighters to get together in Forks. We took a connecting flight from Philly to Phoenix, so we ended up taking the flight Bella took to get to Forks in Twilight. So we went from Phoenix to the Seattle airport and took a puddle jumper from Seattle to Fort Angeles. We got to see all the beautiful scenery. We ate at Bella Italia, which is where Edward and Bella had their first date. Uh, it was pouring, like just like it should be once we got here. Um, it's just, yeah, everywhere we go, you could just totally imagine Bella and Edward walking down the street in this cozy little town. It's really like being in the home of Twilight. I went down Our into family. the woods, and it looks just like what you picture inside of Twilight and New Moon and all of that. And it's crazy how it looks so similar to what the books describe when Stephanie had never been here before. She just Googled it. If you look at the town of Forks, Stephanie has totally transformed this town into this whole twilight tourism just economy right now. It's crazy. But you got to go and see the houses, uh, a couple of the houses, the Collins House, which is the Miller Tree Inn. It's a functioning bed and breakfast. We do have a couple of lockers that for the fans are designated for Edward and Bella. We know which parking spot where the almost accident occurred, and so that's kind of a designated area, so we can direct fans to those different places. How y'all doing? Happy Sunday morning, everyone awake? I'm very, very honored to be here and be able to deliver the keynote address to you guys on your big graduation. You've walked the same hallways as Bella Swan. You've ventured into the same forests as Edward Pellin. Know this, you'll be taking forks with you in your minds and in your hearts. And as you head out in the world, perhaps you'll find yourself being as compassionate as Carlisle, as chivalrous as Edward, as wide-eyed and curious as Bella. Relish your power to imagine, and Stephanie's world will be with you always. And really, what school teaches a lesson more valuable than that? All right, guys. Now for some general announcements. All right, first of all, hi. Gail, I've done this a while. Hi, Gail. I'm Christina. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, great. Um, Alright, we still need people to email in vampires if you have the technology to record for vampires. 
their powers, like your vampire, and we can talk about it after you record a little description of yourself, feel free to let us know and we can set that up with you. Um, only two people emailed in ideas for questions for Forks, um, for the people in the interview in Forks. As we said, whoever emails in the five best people will get to be on the show. I guess just the two of them will. So if you guys want to email in to bloodsuckerspodcast at gmail.com with like a subject line that says like, we're the winners or something, we'll set that up with you somehow. Um... Lyrics, so we are the champion will also work. be accepted. <laughs> um, Especially go, by me. Go to Cafe Press and buy t-shirts or we'll kill you. <laughs> um, Podcast Alley, obviously in vote, 19. Also, we're looking to put a website up soon. We're actually going to do it this time. We realize that's important. So if anyone has any advice about what hosting we should use, anything of the sort, what programs I should use to make the website, anyone who uses iWeb, who's successfully put that up, that's what I'm using right now, um, let me know. We think since, hey, somehow you can lose something that doesn't exist. We made bloodsuckerspodcast.com, put it on a hosting site, and then accidentally when I went to pay and, like, connect the domain to the hosting, I put in a credit card, and so it connected, but it turns out I entered the wrong credit card number by accident. So, um... It disappeared in the abyss. So bloodsuckerspodcast.com cannot be used for, like, two years or something. So we're going to have to do Bloodsuckers Podcast, no, bloodsuckers-podcast.com, we think. But we'll let you know what we decide to use when that's up and running. Again, any input would be really super fly. Um, exactly. Emails were all answered. Maddie did that. Oh, my goodness. Over 100 emails in one day answered them all. We were complaining about, like, our inbox to Caleb, and we were like, we don't know if we're going to be able to, like, answer them all anymore. We're getting pretty severe in there, and, like, we don't know if we can answer this many. And he goes, I know, right? I get, like, 17,000 emails in a day, and I just can't answer them all. And we're, and we're like, like, yeah, us too. 17,000. That many. <laughs> it was yeah. funny, because, like, they were talking about things like, if he gets 1,800 hits in a day on his website, then something's wrong with the server. Whereas, like, if we got that many hits, we, we would collapse. praise the gods. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot of room for us to improve. Um, so, yeah, email in, all that kind of junk, whatever we say I should do. I don't remember, vote on Podcast Alley, vote on iTunes, and listen to our next part where we tell you about the song of the week. That's in order. Wait, that's <laughs> about racism. I demand. Racism? Racism. What? I oh, was yeah. thinking, oh, in that essay we were reading from earlier, um, there was another paragraph in the essay where he talked about how it was racist because um, there were almost no ethnic groups in the books besides the uh, like the Native Americans, like the Quileute tribe, and also because the vampires had pale skin and they their pale skin equated to good. Number one, we were in force. I do not think. I think, besides going to... We saw two black Frisbee, people all weekend, and they were in the Seattle airport. Yeah, there are... Really, Stephanie overestimated the amount of different races in that town, because everyone there is white. But I have to say, um, our friend Sarah, who's a teacher there, said that she has a she's a teacher, and her class is half white, and it's half only Spanish-speaking Hispanic people. Um, but I don't think she teaches in Forks. She teaches in another town around the area. Yeah. Where they have a high population, but and Rhonda was telling the same thing about how there's a lot of illegal immigrants in Forks, but I mean we didn't, I didn't see, see one. Any. <laughs> so, I didn't see anyone that wasn't white except for one um, Asian tourist family. So if anyone wants to say the Twilight books are racist, I'm gonna go ahead and say they're realistic. <laughs> go to Forks. <laughs> like, overly really overly diverse in the books because there's at least one Asian person, one black person. We did not one person that entire <laughs> that, that was flattering. Um, also, the idea of white being equated to good is not a race thing. It's kind of been in literature since the beginning of time. Like so. white good, like dark colors equate to evil. Like even like dark red is blood. Yeah, so that's not really race. It's just that's light versus just, dark. Yeah, that's just um, accepted symbolism in the literary world. It's and more racist that you take it that way. Thank yeah. you, Christina. Rachel. 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 
There's too many of you. If you're really looking that hard for racism, then you need to take Where's a Janae look so in the mirror. that we can have a black stamp of approval. Let's call Janae. Like Janae. Black stamp of approval. She'll be like, no, she'd be the Mexican stamp of approval. Yeah, black and Mexican. Our song of the week is Kiss Me Through the Phone by Soldier Boy. No, it's Battlefield by Jordan Sparks. Because, get it? There's like a battlefield. I love There's that song. There's a battlefield though. in. What is love always here? Like a battlefield, a battlefield, a battlefield. Okay. All right, so we're going to end this episode with the song of the week, where we pick out a song and discuss how it relates to Twilight. <laughs> we pick out a song and discuss yes. how it relates to Twilight. Sometimes I become Swedish when I am podcasting. Yeah. Can we finish? Christina, what is our song of the week? Oh, yeah. Our song of the week, Oja, is <laughs> Human by the Killer. Ja, Gail, figure this one out, please. As okay. you heard in the opening. Yes. Ja. Ja. Affirmative. Hello. Alright, so the first part. I did my best to notice when the call came down the line. Up to the platform of surrender, I was brought, but I was kind. That part kind of reminds me of like becoming a vampire, but like he had to like he was brought there into vampirism, but he was still like kind and he was still like human. He didn't want to become a monster, as he said a hundred times. And sometimes I get nervous when I see an open door, close your eyes, clear your heart, cut the cord. Um, that reminds me sort of of Edward first fall- falling in love. With Edward, it was kind of like the opportunity. Edward, Edward, Edward. What am I talking about? With Edward first falling in love with Bella, it was something he's never he's never really fallen in love before. So it was sort of an open door, like a new opportunity, and he didn't want to accept it at first. But then he just kind of like opened up his heart and like cut himself away from what he used to be and um, accepted this new love. Thing. That was really articulate at the end. Go. <laughs> are we? Are we? No, you skipped the part. Oh no, I didn't. No, Sorry. I didn't. Oh, lies. Are we human or are we dancing? My sign. My sign is vital. My hands are cold, and I'm on my knees looking for the answer. Are we human or are we dancing? It's like him considering how he looks at it. Like he can either be a monster or he can be. Great person that he is, like the great gentleman. The inner struggle. It's kind of funny. My hands are cold. It's yeah. cold. But like that's kind of he—he's dead, but he's like alive because he's moving, and he's kind of like he knows Carlisle. He's like God and fate, and so he's kind of he struggles with sort of his spirituality go? and like what is life after death, and like. Is he, does he have a soul? Where does he think he's going when he dies or whatever? Um, pay my respects to praise and virtues and like no one's just good. Give my regards to some romance that we've the best they could. It reminds me of like a vampire having to look and like act human and like have those human aspects about them where like, whereas a vampire could totally just be an animal who just hunt and breed. They don't have to have human aspects about them, but they do, they pay their respects to grace, to virtue, they have to be good, they all are involved in like romance, and they all like, in a way they all have souls, unlike what they're supposed to be, and then that kind of wisdom. Uh, I kind of uh, looked at it as the opposite, where it was like, pay my respects to grace, like, grace and virtue, send my condolences, and give my regards to, like, soul and romance, sort of that. Edward, when he became a vampire, felt like he was weaving those things. Like, I'm not a good person anymore. I don't have a soul. I'm never gonna be in love because, like, I'm this monster and I can never be like that again. Um, and so long to devotion. You taught me everything I know. Wave goodbye. Wish me well. You gotta let me go. Uh, the last two lines of that kind of remind me of Jacob and Bella when she has to leave him. For a full, not necessarily, like, you know, but when she has to let the possibility of them being together go to be with Edward. I felt the first two aren't reminding me of when Bella leaves Edward and he breaks up, but not in the usual situation where she's like, 
she's everything like human about him. So when they left, it was like so long to everything. Like she taught him everything he knows. Now he's gonna go. Like everything about feeling, and then he kind of sort of has to deal with how much he loved her. Okay, so this, kind of, it's kind of oh. funny when you dream when you dream of home tonight. Like Bella's always dreaming of of like wanting to go back to Phoenix and like worrying about her mother. So green. That there is no message we're receiving, and she thinks she's hearing Edward's voice in her head, but it's not. Like there's actually no message. And I guess it's like they all want to know: Is your heart still beating? Is Edward dead yet? Yeah. Or um, if Bella was dead when they thought she killed her. And also when Bella keeps asking Alice, like, is she going to become a vampire? Um, minus the door. Alright, well, that's it for our show this week. Da, da, da. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at bloodsuckerspodcast at gmail.com or visit our blog at bloodsuckerspodcast.blogspot.com. You can also be our friend at, on MySpace at myspace.com slash bloodsuckerspodcast or you can join our Facebook group. Uh, please remember to give us a rating on iTunes and promote for us in Podcast Alley, the links for which can be found on their website. Thanks for listening. I'm Maddie. I'm Christina. I'm Rachel. And I'm Gail. Make sure to tune in next whenever, kind of, maybe. (laughs) Bye! Bye! Bye. Ciao! No, I have the last time! Okay! Bye!